Welcome to the April 26th sermon from Clifford Baptist Church, 635 Fletcher's Level Road in Amherst. Today's scripture is Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 through 9, and the sermon is entitled, Marked by Faithfulness, delivered today by Pastor Michael Fitzgerald. We are thankful that we have this Word of God in our hands. We want it to be in our hearts and in our minds, and so we study it and ask God to bless us and speak to us through it. Uh, And as we come, I want to say welcome, those of you who are visiting with us, wherever you are, Amherst, Nelson counties, uh, within the state of Virginia, across our United States, and even from foreign countries. We're grateful that we gather together in the strong name of Jesus. And you know, one of the things that I often think about is Peter wrote to the church, and we see his letters in your New Testament, 1st and 2nd Peter, and the church was under awful circumstances in that day, and they were called the diaspora because they were spread out across the world. In a certain sense of the world, we're the diaspora right now. Our sanctuary is empty. Our our congregation, as far-reaching as it may be, is spread out all over the place, and yet we are still the church. We are still linked together by the Holy Spirit. We still have that connection that we're brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. You are not alone. We are together. We are together in the study of the Word. We're together as the church. If you have a need, your church still wants to stand by you, please just let us know what your need is, and we will respond to it as quickly as we possibly can. But we're thankful to be in God's house. And also, I realized this this morning, uh, there are so many who are joining us by media connection. Thank you for being by your screen today. Thank you for being a part of Clifford Church's worship. But we also know that there are so many who do not have that media connection. And I want to say a word to those of you who are watching today to spread this word to those who cannot be watching because they don't have the connection. And so if you know of someone who needs a full story transcript of the sermon that they might read it because they can't join us by a media connection please let them know all they have to do is call the office we'll mail it to them we will somehow get it to them but we want everyone to be a part of the worship and part of the study of God in this place so thank you Yvonne and let's spread that word to those who don't have that connection today we're going to continue to move on in the book of Colossians I want you to take your Bible Uh, in your lap. I want you to open it with me to the New Testament book of Colossians. We are actually approaching the end of a series of sermons through four letters of Paul. We have called this the GE Power Company series, GEPC, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, and we have walked through these four books of the Bible, four letters that the missionary Paul wrote to four churches in different geographical locations of the world. Three of these letters were written from a prison cell in Rome. But each church was unique. Each church had its own particular needs. Each church had its positive points and its negative points, and Paul addresses these churches. It is amazing to me how these letters, written more than 2,000 years ago to address a church that was in an ancient day with its own needs and problems and positive points, these letters now speak to us in this modern day. This is God's Word. It never changes. It never loses its impact. It never loses its strength. And so today we know that this Word is going to speak to us as well. If there's one guiding truth from these ancient letters that we need to hear, it is this. Always stay true to the Word of God. Always stand on the foundation of God's truth because in this truth is absolute truth. In this Word of God are absolute moral standards that we need to meet and live by. This is the truth of God that never changes. It will never change throughout all of eternity. 
Jesus promises that, that not a jot or a tittle will pass away from this word throughout all eternity. It will stand forever. Human thought can never, ever take the place of the word of God. And we know that human thought in so many ways plays into all that we think about and all that we do in our culture, our society, and our world, but it can never take the place of the standard of the Word of God. It never changes. This Bible is the rock of truth that we stand on day by day, and it never shall change. It is sufficient for yesterday, it is sufficient for today, and it will be sufficient for all of our tomorrows. That is the basic truth of the Word of God. We need to stand on it. Now, in the book of Colossians, chapters 1 and 2, we've studied those chapters. We've studied Paul emphasizing the great theological truths, the doctrines of the faith, about the life of Jesus, about the life of the church, and how we are to live together as the church body, as the arm of Christ reaching out into the world. Chapters 3 and 4 of the book of Colossians, we've studied how we put that truth to practical use, how we put feet on the truth of the Word of God, how we act it out, how we live it out, how we think and how we pray so that we can be the church that the Lord Jesus has put us on this earth to be. So today we're going to arrive at the close of Paul's letter to the church at Colossae. You're going to be in Colossians chapter 4, and we're going to study three simple verses today, verses 7 through 9. Now, as I began this sermon for today, I actually thought that I would be able to finish my sermon series through the book of Colossians, but I quickly realized that there's too much here in these few verses to cover in just one sermon. So next Sunday will be the very last sermon in the book of Colossians and the very last sermon in our GE Power Company study. Uh, It took 19 sermons, or it will next week, 19 sermons to get through the book of Colossians. But would you like to guess how many sermons you've been with me through the GE Power Company series? We have next Sunday completed 79 sermons through that study. That's amazing to me that it's been 79 sermons. But I started the series on April 22nd, 2018. So we're a little over two years completing our walk through four books of the Bible, which has taught us the great truths of God. So as Paul closes this letter to the Colossians, he refers to many people who are with him in the city of Rome while he is in prison there. It's typical in the way that Paul closes his letters is to send greetings from those who are around him to those to whom the letters are going. So in the final verses of Colossians, he mentions 10 people. I thought I could cover all 10 today, but it would not be so. Today we're going to study two people uh, who are with Paul uh, in his confinement in Rome. Uh, And because their association with him is so close and their relationship has been so long, their life stories are long, I've chosen to cover just these two individuals today, and we will finish with the next eight next week. The first two men that we're going to study today, Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, we'll look at the first of them. So keep your Bible open, look at Colossians 4, go to verse 7. The first of the two is is named Tychicus. All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. So one of the people with Paul in the great city of Rome while he is in confinement in prison is a man named Tychicus, one of the first two men we're going to study today. This young man had a long relationship with Paul. 
uh, and he had become a trusted friend and a trusted brother to Paul, and the great old missionary had used him in many different situations. We can piece together their bond as brothers in Christ because Tychicus is mentioned five times in Scripture. The first time we see his name is in Acts chapter 20, verse 4. Paul is on his third and his final missionary journey. He is traveling through Asia Minor, which today would be the country of Turkey. And in his travels, remember that Paul is a Jew, a dyed-in-the-wool born Jew. Uh, and he meets this Gentile man. And probably Tychicus is much old, uh, younger than he is. Paul is older than him. And Paul leads him to the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. Now, according to Acts chapter 20, verse 4, as Paul travels on in ministry, as he goes on into further parts of the world, one of the men who now travel with him is this new convert to the faith whose name is Tychicus. We also come to see this young man become very trusted in Paul's ministry. Paul dispatched him to different areas to be Paul's representative in different mission locations. So when Paul could not go, could not go there personally, he would send Tychicus in his place to be the Lord's representative there. For example, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 21, Paul sends Tychicus to the church at Ephesus, and he calls him a beloved brother and a faithful minister there. And he tells the church, Tychicus is coming in my place to comfort your hearts, to let you know that the Lord Jesus Christ is lifting you up and he's going to carry you through the ministry that you are having there in Ephesus. Then also in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, Paul is writing this letter to his son in the ministry whose name is Timothy. And he says, I am going to send Tychicus to you, Timothy. Now at this point in time, Timothy is the pastor of the church in Ephesus. And I believe that that pastoring situation in this huge city with many attractions to the satanic world, this church pastorate had gotten very stressful on Timothy. And I think Timothy was suffering as a pastor in that location. So Paul says, I'm going to send Tychicus, my brother, and a fellow minister to you to help you, to support you, to encourage you, Timothy. I'm going to dispatch him in in your stressful situation, that you might have a brother in the Lord Jesus Christ to stand with you and help you. And then also, in Paul's little letter to another pastor whose name is Titus, and of course in your New Testament there is a little letter to Titus. In Titus chapter 3, verse 12, Paul says, Titus, as a pastor in your situation on the island of Crete, I may be sending Tychicus to you, that he will encourage you and support you and help you on your mission field. I'd like to send him out as a support to you. Now, he says he may do that. We don't know if Tychicus actually made that trip because Paul said, I might be sending him along, but he was willing to do so because he trusted this young Gentile convert so much. So Tychicus traveled in missions with Paul. Paul would send him out as a representative of the faith, and of the love of Jesus Christ and as a representative of Paul himself throughout the Roman Empire. Well, today, in Colossians chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, we see Tychicus in another place. He had gone to Ephesus. He may have gone to the island of Crete. He had been all over the Roman Empire in missions with Paul. But in this passage of Scripture, he is now in Rome. And he is by Paul's side in a prison cell. 
It seemed that he'd gone so many places to represent Jesus and to represent Paul, his mentor, but now he's come back off of the mission field and he's with his father in the faith. He's with Paul, the one who led him to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. He's with Paul to support him in this very difficult situation. And I want you to see what Paul says about him. Look at those verses one more time now that we have that little bit of background about Tychicus. All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you, who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord, whom I have sent unto you for the same purpose, that he might know your estate and comfort your hearts. Remember now, this is a letter to the Colossian church. So Paul is already saying, I'm going to be sending Tychicus to you in Colossae. But he's in Rome at this point by Paul's side. And as Paul thinks about him, as Paul appreciates him as a fellow minister, I want you to notice what he says about this young Gentile man who has come to be by his side. He was faithful to the old Jewish missionary Paul who had traveled for Jesus Christ. They were of different nations. They were of different backgrounds. They were of different color of skin. And yet Paul says, this Tychicus is my beloved brother. He is my faithful minister. He is my fellow servant. And so Paul is stressing how close these two men are as brothers in the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though they were different in color, different in nationality, different in background, Jew and Gentile, yet Paul says, this is my brother. He is with me in the faith. We share the Savior. The Holy Spirit of God lives in our hearts and joins us together as brothers in Christ. They were very different in their past, but Jesus had brought them together through Christ. Now, let me ask you this. What precious thing did Paul entrust to Tychicus in this visit? Well, he seals up this great letter that we have to the church at Colossae, and he puts it in the capable hands of Tychicus, and he says, I want you to deliver this letter that I have written to the church at Colossae. I want you to take it and hand deliver it to this congregation in the city of Colossae. Now, obviously, Tychicus did just that. He carries this letter that we are reading today. He transports that letter some 1,000 miles from Rome on over eastward to Colossae. It was a hard trip. He had to get out of Rome. And then after he got out of Rome, he had to cross the Adriatic Sea. Then he goes across the continent of Europe. Then he goes across the Mediterranean Sea. And he comes into Asia Minor, and he travels eastward till he gets to the church at Colossae, about a 1,000-mile total trip. And in this letter, Paul writes, When my friend Tychicus delivers this letter to you, Church of Colossae, he's going to tell you all about me. He's going to catch you up on all that I've been going through, and he's going to comfort your hearts in your church through the Lord Jesus Christ, working through him as a minister there. Paul loved and trusted this young Gentile man who was so different from him, but they were bound together through the faith of the living Lord Jesus Christ. And then as we get to verse 9, standing alongside Tychicus is another brother of Paul. And he is one of the key people in Paul's shortest letter that we have in the New Testament, the letter of Philemon. He's a very interesting personality. So look at Colossians chapter 4, verse 9. 
with Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you, they shall make known unto you all things which are done here. So it's obvious when he says they, Tychicus and Onesimus, are going to make known everything that's done here in Rome. Obviously, when Tychicus takes this letter of Colossians over to the church at Colossae, 1,000 miles, he's going to have a partner with him. Onesimus is going to be traveling with him because Paul is assuming here that they're going to arrive in Colossae together. Onesimus, a young man, I hope he rings a bell for you. Uh, he is an interesting person. He is the key person in the letter that Paul addresses to a man whose name is Philemon. Onesimus was a slave. He was a slave in the household of Philemon. Philemon was a Christian brother and believer in the church in Colossae. And Onesimus was a slave who belonged to him. But Onesimus had run away. Onesimus was a runaway slave. And, of course, a runaway slave carries the death penalty. When that slave is found, that slave could very easily die because he had departed his master's service. He had run away from the one who owned him, and so it was uh, punishable by death when that slave was found. Philemon was a Christian. Philemon was a member of this church at Colossae. Somehow, as Onesimus had run away, he had run into Paul. And Paul led this runaway slave to the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior. So not only did Paul write a letter to the Colossian church, he also writes a letter to one member of that church. That member's name is Philemon. And he writes to Philemon to say, I'm sending Onesimus back to you, and I want you to forgive him. And I want you to have him home. I want you to throw out punishment that may have crossed your mind. Because basically Paul is saying in his little letter to Philemon, I'm sending Onesimus back to you, a very, very different man. Certainly he ran away from you, and he did not have any faithfulness in him. He was not faithful to you, and he ran away from service to you. But he was unsaved. He was unreliable. He did not have Christ in his heart when he ran away from you. But now, since he has met me and I have led him to Jesus as his Savior, Christ lives in his heart, and his life has made a 180-degree change. When he left you, he did not have any faithfulness in him. But now, because Christ lives in his heart, he is faithful. He will be a faithful servant to you now. As he comes back to you with Christ in him, he is a different man. He has a different reason for living. His purpose is different. He is faithful to the Lord, and because he is faithful to the Lord, he will be faithful to you as well. He's become my brother in the Lord Jesus Christ here in Rome. And Philemon, he's coming back to you not so much as your slave now. He's coming back to you as your brother, and you are to take him back into your home again because you can trust him now. And I believe that Paul put that little letter addressed to Philemon also in the care of Tychicus. When he gave Tychicus that letter to the Colossian church and said, transport this letter 1,000 miles and get it to the church in Colossae, I also have one little letter here that I want you to give to one church member. His name is Philemon. And in the presence of Onesimus, you give Philemon this letter to speak for me. So I believe that Tychicus carried both of those letters, and Paul says, basically, Tychicus, 
if you fail to deliver this letter of Christian reference for Onesimus into the hands of Philemon, it is highly likely if Philemon does not get this letter, this young man will die because he is a runaway slave and there's no word to tell Philemon that he is faithful now. He may face the death penalty if you lose this letter. So be faithful, deliver this letter, and deliver the letter to the Colossian church together. Well, as I think about these two men, Tychicus and Onesimus, there is one word common to both of these men that Paul uses uh, in his letter. Again, I want you to look at Colossians chapter 4. Look at verse 7. This is a statement about Tychicus. All my state shall Tychicus declare unto you who is a beloved brother and a faithful minister. You can stop there. Now go to verse 9. Here's a statement about Onesimus. With Onesimus, a faithful and beloved brother. The word that I want you to center on today with me in this study is the word faithful. These two men were faithful to the Lord Jesus Christ now because the Holy Spirit of God lived in them. But also, they could be trusted with faithfulness in the jobs that they had. The faithfulness of Tychicus to get those letters to their destination. The faithfulness of Onesimus to be faithful to his master when he went back into his service there in Colossae. The word that Paul uses is faithful, and we need to hear that word. First and foremost, Tychicus and Onesimus had professed faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but now this is the centerpiece of the sermon. Don't miss it. Faith in Jesus always translates to faithfulness in our earthly commitments. Faith in Jesus Christ always translates to faithfulness in our earthly commitments. If you profess faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will be faithful to the people and to the commitments of your life because Jesus lives in our hearts. Don't miss that very important point. Faith translates to faithfulness. That is exactly what carries this scripture today about Tychicus and Onesimus. These were men of faith, and both of them were portrayed as men of faithfulness to their earthly task. Tychicus was faithful to Paul as a brother. He was faithful as he traveled wherever Paul would send him. And he was faithful to deliver these letters to the church at Colossae and also to that slave owner Philemon. I want you to think about it. If Tychicus had lost these letters in that long journey, perhaps he had lost them to the water on a ship, perhaps he had lost them in some way as he traveled all of those miles on land, if he had lost these letters, perhaps they would have never arrived in our Bible. If he had lost these letters, they would perhaps have never touched the millions of people who have come to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior through reading them. Tychicus had an amazing job of faithfulness to deliver these letters that were inspired by the very God of the universe. As Paul wrote down the Word of God, Tychicus had to be faithful as God's mailman to get those letters in their place. It's amazing when you think how important this one man was to be faithful in his task to deliver these two letters, which are now in our New Testament. And then, too, Onesimus speaks to me. Paul said, Philemon, receive back your runaway slave. Forgive him. He's a different man now. Jesus lives in his heart by faith. And because Jesus lives in him, I'm sending him back to you a changed man. 
Because he's a man of faith, uh, he's coming back to you as a man of faithfulness to his God and to you. Well, listen, ladies and gentlemen, here's the crux of the sermon. If you and I know Jesus in faith, we need also to be known by being people of faithfulness. We will be faithful to our spouse. We will be faithful to our family. We will be faithful to raise our children in Jesus Christ. We will be faithful to our earthly responsibilities. We will be faithful to our earthly commitments. We will be faithful to our church. We will be faithful to our Lord in the ways that he calls us to give our lives in service to him. And every single one of us as a believer in the Lord Jesus has at least one talent that the Lord wants to empower and enact in you to take his gospel from the sanctuary into the world. And every one of us, as a man or a woman of faith, needs to be faithful with our talent, whatever that is, that we give it back to him, that others might come to know the gospel of the living Lord. The truest outward sign of faith in Jesus Christ is a life lived in faithfulness to him. That's our charge. That should be our character. That should be our trademark as a man or a woman of God that we're going to be faithful to all of our commitments in life. It is the primary walk of our, uh, it's the primary mark of our walk in the Lord Jesus Christ. It is to be our walk. It is to be our earthly commitment as we live in faithfulness to him. So today, my prayer, brothers and sisters in Christ, wherever you are, in the state of Virginia, somewhere across the United States, even in a foreign country, my prayer for you, for myself, is that we will recommit our faith to the Lord Jesus Christ and we will recommit to him to live in faithfulness, that that will be our walk, that that will be our trademark, that that will be our character. As we live out our faith, we will live in faithfulness in all of our earthly commitments. I pray that you will rededicate your life with me to being not only a man or woman of faith, but a man or a woman who lives out that faith in faithfulness. And today, if you are listening and you've never come to Jesus as Lord and Savior, he wants to have that same relationship of faith with you. He went to a cross and he shed his very blood. He laid down his life on the cross so that you could be forgiven so that I could be forgiven, so the few of us in this sanctuary today could be forgiven, so that all who are listening here today could be forgiven of our sin because all of us sin and all of us fall short of the glory of God. And if you've never come to him, Jesus went to the cross to take your punishment for your sin and my sin right there. When he died, he assumed all of the punishment upon himself that you and I could be forgiven. On the third day, when he rose from the grave, he rose to promise us that we'll have eternal life with him. And we need to say yes to him. Lord, I believe that in faith and in trust that, yes, Lord, you gave your life and you are a resurrected Lord that I might have forgiveness and life everlasting. I trust that. I believe that. I have faith in that. Yes, Father, I place my faith in you this day. I'm not asking you if you go to church. I'm not asking you if you're a biblical scholar. I'm not asking you how moral you are right now. I'm not asking you how good a person you are right now. I'm asking you, do you know Jesus in faith? And if you truly say, I don't know him, this moment your eternity and your life and your purpose will change when you say yes to him. As you put your faith in him, he will then immediately say, now you be faithful to me. You live for me. You walk the walk that I set before you, and you will come to know my word, 
and you will live the life of commitment to your family, to your spouse, to your workplace, and all your earthly commitments, you will live in faithfulness to me. I'm going to change your life, and it will always be for the better. I heard a pastor say one time, and I can't disagree. He said, I've never met anyone who put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and said, I regret I did that. Never, never have I heard that myself. Today, if you will put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, you will never regret that situation and that decision. As you put your faith in him and begin living for him in faithfulness, you'll be grateful you did. And I call you to the altar today to just give your heart, give your life, give your future to him and say, Lord, I believe. I trust you. I have faith in you. And I want to live in faithfulness to you from this moment forward. Give your heart to him. As we gather here together, you can't literally come to the altar today, but I'm asking you to come to the altar of your heart, believer, and say, Lord, I renew my commitment of faith to you. And because I renew my commitment of faith to you, I renew my commitment of faithfulness to you, that I will live for you and represent you and witness for you in all of my earthly commitments. I want to be a man or a woman of great faithfulness to you because of the faith I have in you. And today, if you've never come to him, he's waiting for you to come this very moment. He is faithful to receive you as his son or his daughter. He will never turn you away if you'll come. Let's pray together. Our Father, our God, as we come before you today, thank you for these two men of the Bible, Tychicus and Onesimus. And the one word that Paul uses that stands out for me in this passage of three verses is the word faithful. Lord, you transform our lives in faith. We're not the same person when we come to you in the Lord Jesus in faith. Father, we don't just turn over a new leaf, but the Bible teaches us that we become a whole new creation. And we're a creation of faith that wants to follow you in faithfulness in all the commitments of our life. And so for my brothers and sisters, Lord, including me today, I renew my bond of faith in you, Father. I believe you. I trust you. And I thank you for eternal life. And I thank you for forgiveness. I believe it with all of my heart. It doesn't mean that I'm sinless, but I believe I'm forgiven for all eternity. And Lord, because I know of that faith in Christ, I also know that you want me to follow you in faithfulness in all of my earthly commitments. Lord, I recommit my life to following you in faithfulness. Father, I pray that for all of my brothers and sisters as we join together in worship today. And Father, if there's one person, and I believe there are more than one, more than one person who needs Jesus as Lord and Savior, who is listening this very moment, Father, I pray that he or she will just bow where they are this moment, bow at the altar of their heart and say, Lord, I am a sinner, and I need you as my Savior. And I have faith, I have trust, and I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave that I might be forgiven and have eternal life, Lord, today. I put my faith, I put my trust, I put my life in your hands. And today, Lord, I promise to you, I will follow you in faithfulness day by day. I want to walk the walk of Jesus in this world. Bless that one, Lord, today who said yes to Jesus in faith and who has made a commitment to walk with you in faithfulness. Bless us, we pray. Thank you for the gathered church as we worship you today in Jesus' precious name. Clifford Baptist Church invites you to join us for worship every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. For more information about our church, please call our church office at 434-946-0555.